Live from London, this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond. Good afternoon, my name is Joseph Hammond. I'm a primary school music and computing specialist and early years, I should say, as well. Um, and today I would like to talk a little bit about the weather and how we unintentionally make children afraid of the weather and how we can get outside no matter what the weather is. Live from London, this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Okay then, so, uh, ah! You. Sorry, um, I, 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 I'm the guy that teaches people the technical side of this sometimes, and I uh, made that mistake. I uh, didn't have my uh, settings on correctly. Anyway, um, today I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the weather, and not just generally. Well, a little bit generally, but and it comes into how we view the weather as a society in this country, but also how at the moment, the way society is structured and the way education is structured, one of the things that we're unintentionally doing is making a lot of children afraid of the weather. If it's, um, and it's, and the thing is the weather, especially in England, is rarely ever just right it's all over the place as we very much know now and so when we go to um much hotter countries sometimes that can be hard to cope with um and if and same if we go to colder countries and i um oh we've got someone listening from uzbekistan hello um and what I wanted to, so what I wanted to do is, as somebody who works in a uh, forest school setting, well, a couple, a few different forest school settings, actually, um, and a outdoor primary school, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about how we, as, uh, as, as, as teachers and, well, people who work with children, can prepare our kids much better for getting outdoors um and and and, and, you know not freaking out if it's raining or if it's too hot or if it's um too cold or anything else there's things that you can do to be prepared for these things um so um i'm just going to let in a caller let's see what this caller has to say if anything on the topic hello hello how you doing how you doing how are you i'm fine thank you did you did you did you have anything you wanted to say so i'm talking today about um the how as a society i think we're making children a bit afraid of the weather Mm -hmm. so uh should i talk about uh about weather or about children well, uh, it's a bit of both because that's the topic for today. Uh, so you you think that uh, children are afraid of weather of today's weather? In in the right? sense that in the sense that because we uh, a lot of our education is indoors, um, and I work in a lot of outdoor settings, I think that um, we are inevitably making children afraid of say the rain um i've had i've 
I've been in a couple of schools where the slightest bit of drizzle has meant they have to stay inside and it's and uh, for for their break times and play times and they don't get outdoors at all. Um, and I'm saying that that should change. So uh, you are from England, am I right? Yes, I am. Uh, in England, uh, children may afraid of uh, a weather, any kind of uh, rain, maybe. But uh, in Asia, children mm, aren't afraid of any kind of rain, uh, hails, and pouring rain, any kind of rain. Uh, they are very flexible, I think. That's really interesting. And you're you're from Uzbekistan. Is that the case uh, in Uzbekistan then? Uzbekistan is situated in Central Asia, and yeah. uh, we can uh, we can live any kind of condition. Uh, now nowadays it's very scorching hot in Uzbekistan, but in winter it's very chilly, cold. It's very chilly. Yeah. How do you how do you cope um, with um, heat waves when it gets really hot? What do you do to stay, you know, not get too hot? After eleven uh, o'clock, I try to uh, I try not to go out, and uh, I usually swim in little rivers in our country, in our mm. uh, village, and. Um, I accustomed to go in hot uh, weather nowadays. Uh, I I like hot weather. Yeah, and and do you have plenty of layers for when it gets really cold? Yeah, uh, in our country, uh, the climate is approximately at fifteen uh, or. 20 uh, minus degree and uh, it's uh, usual Uh, it's typical for our local people yeah because I don't know if you've heard much about what the weather's like in England but let's just say it's all over the place you could have snow in March when it's supposed to be spring you could have heat waves in um in what's it you could have heat waves in um you know September October when it's supposed to be autumn and it's supposed to get cooler it's uh it's it's just all over the place Yep, weather is different um, from country to country. And I think yes, what... Um, go on. Uh, yeah, go on. You, you, sorry, go on. Uh, Australia is very different from um, Central Asia. Um, it's uh, opposite... Side, for example, now uh, in our country, it's uh, sub- it's about summer, uh, but uh, in Australia, it's coming uh, winter. Am I right? Yeah. So um, at the moment, it's uh, it's ending spring and it's becoming summer because um, it's uh, it, 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 it's. It's May, and then June will be officially the start of summer, and then September will be when autumn officially starts. That's what's supposed to happen anyway. Yeah. Uh, but uh, climate is changing day by day. Uh, usually, yeah. uh, uh, we it didn't uh, rain in our country a lot in, in spring, but... Uh, this in this spring, uh, we have a lots of uh, uh, rainness. Uh, for example, after two days or three days, it's raining and raining again and again. Uh, our climate looks like your country's climate. <laughs> 
And how about yeah, the children in Uzbekistan? Do they do they kind of just get used to it um, the way that the adult the adults have done? Uh, children like uh, rain very much uh, because uh, they like playing in rain, rainy weather uh, outside. Uh, rain is uh, doctors say uh, rain is useful for our body, for our brain. Doctors say. I don't know how. Uh, true is it? It is, but um, I heard this. Yeah. Uh, well, I I I can't um, say for sure. I haven't researched into that, but I mean, it it is it's good to have a variety of these things um, because, and and as I say, this is the very topic of today because you get a lot of. Um, I, I work in schools that are very outdoors um, based and a lot of schools where everything takes place indoors, um, you, um, I, I feel like there's a lot of adults out there that are kind of unintentionally teaching children to sort of be a little bit, um, well, unable to deal with if there's you know, a lot of rain or if it's too cold or too hot and it's, you know, hard to get things just right. Um, and what I'm going to go into a bit um, later in the show is how we can prepare our children and, um, well, just people in general better for, um, for, you know, if it's raining or if it's cold or even if there's a heat wave, because that's going to be one of the biggest concerns um, of uh, um, coming uh, coming years. Um, and that especially when they're very young, you know, two years old, three years old, um, we shouldn't be shouldn't be afraid to let them explore in weather that isn't mild and sunny. Mm, I don't know, uh, but uh, uh, we try to uh, not let them go out uh, in heat waves, uh, but uh, they uh, don't they don't get uh, burned in hot waves. I think um, because they are accustomed to that kind of weather. Do you have a lot of sheltered areas that people can go in the shade if it's a heat wave? Yeah, uh, we have a lot of shade area uh, and we have lots of trees and um, uh, and we have lots of gardens. Uh, they don't... Uh, have any difficulty with finding this kind of shade er, shade areas okay and and do you, and do you have much experience in schools or working with children yeah of course i work at school oh you are a teacher okay yeah. okay so and um would you um would your school um go out even if it were uh, so like at break times would your school would your students still go out even if it was raining a little bit yes uh yeah they uh they don't use any kind of umbrella when it's raining okay yeah because uh, that can that can be um something that annoys me a bit about a lot of England schools is that um, uh, I've been in some settings where the slightest bit of drizzle uh, they'll call wet play and everyone will have to stay inside and then there's also um, if there's any puddles on the ground oh you're not allowed to jump in the puddles when that's a classic child thing to do um, so yeah it, it's it's something that I, I feel needs to change. Um, okay. 
Well, Lucky, um, it's been great talking to you. Thank you very much for your call. It's been really interesting hearing about what um, what it's like in Uzbekistan. Um, I'm going to um, I'm going to talk a bit, a little bit about my planned um, things now. But thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Thank you for for accepting me. Yeah, no problem. All right. That was really uh, that was really interesting. Thank you for that. I um yeah, it's interesting hearing about um what what it's like in other in other countries, especially. And uh, I know there's schools that do a lot of international um connections with each other, but obviously with COVID, that's been very difficult recently. So, so yeah, that's really interesting to hear about how um children and even adults in um a diff a di in a different country they don't have the same sort of society practices or fears that we do and we unintentionally push onto our kids um we yeah because because yeah in, in england you you can never really be sure um what it's gonna be uh, what the weather's going to be but in a lot of indoor settings I guess one of the biggest fears is you know a lot of adults especially a lot of parents projecting their fears onto their children and if anything is is too muddy too wet then that can be that can be a major issue for um for those for those people but you have to there there has there has to be a good balance and with the right protection with the right um setup these things can be possible which is why the forest school movement is so important and it's really good that it's um that it's it's progressing and becoming more popular um now in my in my school and in my forest nurseries that I work in, we um, have all sorts of things that we do for all kinds of weathers. And I'd say the people who have never heard of our type of education before, they've, you know, only ever heard of mainstream education all the time. Well, when I tell them about it, one of the first things they will say, "Oh, how do you cope in the? How do you cope in the cold? How do you cope in the rain?" That's one of their biggest questions. But I would say, actually, heat waves are harder to deal with for me. For me personally, and from my experience, heat waves are harder to deal with than the cold and the wet because I feel like there's more that you can do about um whether that's zero to five degrees um or i i mean if if you know uh, what uh, my caller earlier said if you uh, if it was minus 10 minus 20 you'd have probably have to have even more layers or even more things that you can do to combat that but um there's you can wear lots of layers you can wrap yourself up warm and it's not just coats it's thermals it's um it, it, it's heat um socks that keep the heat inside so your feet don't get cold um it's proper foot footwear you know shoes boots that can also cope in the mud or the snow depending on what it is um and it's about coping with it uh, and and coping with all these conditions and having waterproofs if it's raining and not just waterproof coats but waterproof trousers as well i have three pairs of waterproof trousers that i regularly use and if it's um cold weather or I will always wear them because that's when it gets much more muddy. If it's drier, I might not wear the waterproofs, but 
I might still wear long sleeves to avoid things like insect bites and um, and, and brambles and stinging nettles, things like that. So protection from those. Um, if it is a heat wave, then plenty of shaded areas. Um, you know, we have tarps. We have plenty of tarps in our settings. And because we've got lots of people who are forest school trained, they're good at things like bushcraft. They're good at um, working out, working outdoors and setting up makeshift things. They can they can set these things up they can get to they 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 can make sure that there's plenty of areas where we can slow down where we can be in the shade where we can create a breeze now that's not to say that there won't be limits if it's not safe to have a school or a setting open because it's too hot or too cold to be outside all day, then we will take action against that. We've had a few days like that. Or if there's a major storm, when Storm Eunice hit, we um, we did not go into the forest. We did not go into our outdoor setting. We stayed in our indoor area that we use for the ends of the days generally but most of our time is is outdoors but when the storm hit we did not go out um we and before we returned to the forest we checked for damage we checked for um unsafe things and we rebuilt um, anything that was destroyed. So there's all these, all these precautions, all these, all these things that you can, that you can do. And in a, I guess, a lot of society and especially traditional schools are designed for mild weather in, in this country, because that's generally what we get. But as a society, we are going to have to prepare ourselves and our and our and our children and just everyone in general. We are going to have to prepare for much more um much less mild weathers with climate change happening um it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how much we reduce our emissions whether we hit our targets or the you know the world leaders targets or what happens climate change is happening and has already happened so even if we save the planet from you know total climate devastation there's still going to be changes that we as a society are going to have to prepare for and get used to and those include more frequent heat waves that are going to be more intense, more frequent um, cold patches, and more extreme weather. So we're going to see more thunderstorms. We're going to see more um, in the countries that will be affected by these things, more tsunamis, more tornadoes, more... Um, you know, just generally more storms. We're going to see, and they're going to get more extreme. That is, that is a fact of climate change. Um, and a lot of what we do can work. A lot of what we do can work towards reducing the impact of those. But I feel like as a society, we also have to be prepared for these things. And a lot of our infrastructure isn't. In England, it takes barely any snow for the country to go to, you know, almost a standstill because people don't prepare themselves for these things. They don't have the right clothes. Their cars don't have, you know, the right attachments for their wheels in order to cope in slippery surfaces. 
um, all these things. And so not only is it necessary for children not to be afraid of it um, and for them to even take enjoyment from lots of the wet weather and cold weather and all these things because they do they're naturally they're natural they don't have that fear and they shouldn't they shouldn't fear getting a bit wet in the rain they shouldn't fear getting a little bit cold in snow um if they're probably prepared for it and not are not going to get hypothermia they shouldn't fear it and i've got a couple of examples um, that I remember of a viral, well, a viral video and also a post that got a lot of attention from this school's followers, but um, didn't necessarily go viral, but I really liked it. So first one I want to talk about is this viral video. There's a nursery school called Puddle Jumpers Nature Preschool um, in America, in the US. And um, they had a viral video where it was pouring with rain and they had a slide out. And the kids were just absolutely loving going down this slide in the pouring rain and landing in a muddy puddle. And yeah, and they were getting very dirty, but they were absolutely loving it. It was, it was, it was amazing. Um, and they... And it and it went viral because there was this um, there was this joy that these kids were experiencing through just you know going down a slide even though it was raining they didn't care um, they hadn't had well part of the reason uh, part of the reason I guess is that they had parents who weren't afraid of letting their children get out in nature. It doesn't matter if it's not mild weather. They're not afraid of letting their children get out there. And so their children aren't going to whine if it, it, it are much less likely to whine if it's raining, um, or if it's only a little bit of rain when they get older. They're not worried about ruining precious clothes or getting, or getting a little bit wet. It's, it's a, it's a fear that can be ingrained into us generally that those children are much less likely to be able to do that. And it's, you know, so it's an amazing video. The other social media post that I wanted to talk about was on, um, there were, so A.S. Neal Summerhill School. For those that don't know, A.S. Neal Summerhill School is the um, first, well, first ever democratic school in the world. Um, and the um, children don't have to go to lessons, they're optional, and um, rules are aren't made by the adults, and the children have to follow them. The rules are designed as a democratic community, and they have regular meetings where they discuss issues, make new rules, throw out old rules that are no longer necessary, uh, things like that. And um, it's an amazing place, um, which has a long, big history, and it's still going strong today. In fact, they're celebrating their um, 100 years um, at the moment, and they've got a Summerhill Festival of Childhood happening, um, and lots of exciting things going on there. Anyway, the post that I wanted to talk about was a Facebook photo that they um, that they post they posted this was I, I i bought it up this was back in july 2016 actually and um it's it says best way to enjoy a big rainstorm and it's a photo of all the loads of kids and teachers out in their swimming shorts only in their swimming shorts it's clearly pouring with rain i mean absolutely soaking and they are there they are out there in their swimming shorts in a giant puddle um i'm sure they checked that it wasn't too deep before doing that but you know it just it just shows 
what what a difference it makes if you find a bit of joy from things that um might be unnecessarily spreading fear to others and rain should not be um something at least not um rain should not be something that and that 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 naturally brings fear to others um and we'll talk we'll talk a bit more about all of this um but it's halfway through my show today so it's time for me to play the adverts the news we can use and the two minute tech This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. SteveWoods.co.uk for educational support in IT and computer science. Coming up, I'm delivering a number of courses. Learn to program in Python is a free one-hour course designed to start you on your way into Python coding. Everything works in a browser, so there's nothing to install beforehand. Join me remotely to learn the basics on Wednesday the 8th of June, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Visit SteveWoods.co.uk to start your journey. Are you a state school teacher in England? Why not be a hero this half-term and join me for two days and receive up to 1,360 pounds in bursary terms and conditions apply find out more at stevewoods.co.uk if you're listening to this then we know we share one thing in common a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves that's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care we need people like you to help us achieve even more with us you'll be given all the resources and support you need offered a clear path to career progression and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. Money raised through changes to family allowance in Guernsey is now being invested in cultural activities for children in the island's primary schools, according to a report from ITV News. The changes approved in 2020 have provided £150,000 which can be used for cultural enrichment to give children experiences different from those they might get in the classroom. This has included an interactive science roadshow called the Science Dome, which toured the island schools so children can learn about places and environments around the world. Kim Hutchinson, Head of Primary Leadership and Development, said, The initiatives help children deepen their understanding of the world around them. In Scotland, a consultation is being launched on statutory guidance on school uniform, intended to bring down costs and address equality issues. In an article in the TES magazine, it is reported that the Scottish Government say the guidance aims to remove the barrier to participation in learning that it says is caused by school uniform issues. Submissions need to be in by the 14th of October. 
and the consultation process seeks to gain the views of pupils and states that the guidance will not seek to abolish uniform but instead wants to promote equality. The guidance also seeks to avoid the need for uniform to be purchased from expensive specialist retailers. Lancaster is one of the cheapest cities to enjoy student life, according to an article in the Lancaster Guardian. It has been named as the ninth cheapest city in the UK, costing an average of £156.20 a week. The cheapest city is Wolverhampton, with an average of £120.90 per week. The analysis conducted by the tutoring expert Superprof examined every university location across the UK to determine where students can live at the lowest cost. It was based on cost of living factors such as the price of weekly student accommodation, as well as weekly costs of alcohol, fast food, coffee and taxi fares. The third most affordable city for students with an average weekly spend of £134.90 is Aberdeen. Speaking to the fifth global conference on the elimination of child labour, Dennis Signolo, Director of Education International's African Regional Office in Ghana, said education is the most powerful weapon you can use to eliminate child labour. Signolo noted that teachers are the ones who identify those out of school and who take action, so investment in teachers was a key priority. He acknowledged that the pandemic had been a huge setback in the fight to reduce child labour, but also acknowledged the impact of natural disasters and challenging economic circumstances. The conference will end with a published document detailing the call to action on Friday. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week we're going to talk about a couple of shortcuts and hacks that can make life a little easier. This may not be as innovative as some of my past life hacks for teachers, like drinking noodles, but here are a couple of things that may make a difference to your use of media in the classroom. First up, if you aren't already riding it, get on the Wakelet Wave. Wakelet is a free way to save, organise and share content. Create collections of web pages, videos, and basically anything with a web address under one topic. Once done, you have a shareable link to your collection. Use it to organize your lesson, flip a lesson, or create revision collections, just to throw a few ideas out there. This next hack is one of my favorites. I love using YouTube to support learning. Not only can it help keep pace in a lesson, but also it's a great reference afterwards for pupils to refer to. My biggest gripe with it though, is that pesky advert you can't skip that always decides to play when you're in full flow. Here's a secret that works nearly all of the time. When preparing your lesson, you will have watched the clip anyway to ensure it's appropriate. So just before you copy the link into your presentation or wakelet, type this on the end, and T equals one. That's the ampersand or the wiggly and lowercase t equals and the number one. Now copy the URL with and t equals one on the end and your clip will start one second in. Not missing any content but skipping the adverts at the start. No need to thank me. Show your gratitude with a follow on Twitter. Check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed, follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was two minute tech two minute tech with steve woods your tech briefing on teachers talk radio cool thank you joe thank you steve thank you uh, sponsors for all of that um so we've been talking about uh weather and we've been talking about all of the um ways uh, in which we as a society are unintentionally making our children in it's certainly in this country afraid of the weather um, and we're also talking a little bit about um, how we can change some of that um, now Joe, uh, one of Joe Fox's stories in the news was actually all about uniform, school uniform. And this um, is a controversial, it's a controversial view, but I don't feel like it should be um, that actually, I believe we should just ditch uniforms. Now, it can... I, I guess it can be in some ways, I understand some of the issues around, you know, if you haven't 
um, among kids, if they don't have a certain brand as clothes, then you know they that might be a target of bullying. That's um, that can be childhood culture. Um, but at the same, but at the same time, you know, I've been. I've been working in a school for nearly two years now where there are no uniforms and nurseries where there are no uniforms. And we haven't had any issues around uh, the clothes that the children have been wearing. So it's a case of, I guess, I think that we should be yeah, it is. It's to do. It's to do with equality. But it's this equity and equality debate where equity is you give everyone everything they need to succeed, and equality is treating everybody the same. And we should be focusing on equity, not equality. Um, and as Joe Fox mentioned in that news story, uniforms. Um, there, there, there's schemes to make sure uniforms are affordable and that there is and that there is an inequality there um but also are uniforms practical and the answer is no not really they might be designed to look smart yes but if we're talking the kind of school and the kind of progressive education that i work in uniforms are generally just not practical practical things um and i know that lots of mainstream schools will wear their uniforms and then if they're going to forest school they'll get changed into their forest school clothes um and things like that but i i'm just i'm just sort of thinking what's the What's the reason? Uh, what's the reason beyond looking smart for uniforms? And yeah, anyway, there's so there, there's a, there's a little bit of my thoughts about about school uniforms. In in our settings, we don't have uniforms. We do have a requirement for waterproofs when it's the wet weather. We do have a requirement for. Um, things like hats, sun cream, etc. when it is necessary. Actually, speaking of sun cream, that does remind me of a um, new story. I can't remember where I saw it or what it was, but there was, this is, I guess, an example of um, people being unprepared and then there being consequences as a result. There was a news story about um, a girl who had suffered severe sunburns because they weren't allowed to put uh, the school, none of the children in the class were allowed to put sun cream on because of one child's allergies. Yet they still went out in the burning heat anyway. So that's an example of it's it's an extremely difficult situation that you want to bear in mind the child who's allergic to sun cream their needs at the same time you want uh, you you also have to bear in mind the needs of the rest of the children in the class and they are and they suffer and and if 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 it wasn't possible to put sun cream on then surely that then without a sh- proper shaded area where you could have avoided um sunburn that could have been avoided and yet it wasn't a child got badly sunburned and it ended up in the local news um and yeah that's 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 pretty that's pretty tragic um and it can be and it's so difficult to balance everybody's needs um it is extremely difficult but it is also very possible um so i just want to i I want to read you out um from my own um schools and my own nurseries website 
we have um, a set of recommended kits. Um, what to wear during colder months, what to wear during warmer months, and what to bring. Um, we also give recommendations of which ones we recommend, but it's all, uh, but you know, that's, that's not, you don't have to. So chillier months, we recommend long sleeved thermal top and long thermal trousers, bottom layer fleece or other warm tracksuit bottoms, first top layer long sleeve t-shirt or thin jumper, second top layer fleece jumper, third top layer fleece jacket, waterproofs, neck scarf, hat and gloves, uh, plus spare pairs of gloves and a spare hat just in case, and um, a, co a thin cotton sock, and on the top a thick woolly or fluffy bed sock, spare pairs of socks, um, extra jumpers for really cold days, snow boots or sturdy warm outdoor boots slash wellies, and yeah, that's gonna that's gonna set you in good stead if it's really cold. Now, that even then, that being said, when during the January to March twenty twenty one lockdown, there was one week where we just did home learning, even for key worker children, because it was below zero, and we had fun. We let the kids have a bit of fun in the snow, but we didn't keep the school open for the whole um the whole week because that we couldn't go inside not because of not having the facilities but because of covid we weren't allowed to that so we had no choice but to say yeah we can't open the school due to risk of hypothermia so there are there are limits to these things and there have been two times where the wind's been so strong that it's not been safe and we've had to build or we've had to create makeshift sheltered areas where we can um where we can keep everyone safe from the very strong winds um so you know it's not to say that precautions aren't necessary they are of course they are but there are there are plenty of things that you can you can do about them and if you have, if it's properly organized and you have a decent amount of um, preparation, it can be very possible to, um, to do these things right. So that's for the, that's for the school. And then for, um, I guess this would be a general forest school um forest school set of recommended kits um but also but also you know for for outdoor nurseries as well so what's um so that was an example of what to wear in winter now what to wear in spring and autumn waterproofs comfortable trousers long sleeve t-shirt or top one thick jumper one fleecy zip-up jacket just in case, two pairs of socks, um, wear wellies or sturdy closed-toe shoes, which you don't mind getting wet and muddy, or spare trousers and socks in backpack, and spare trousers and socks in backpacks. And so it's still preparing for some cold, but generally lighter just in case. And what to wear in... Um, in hot months, in summer, waterproofs. Now, the reason why we still have waterproofs at our forest school setting is because of if we have any exposed skin, there's risk of brambles, there's risk of stinging nettles, and there's risk of insect bites. I remember actually last September, um, loads of us um, were were just wearing t-shirts and shorts and several of us got many many insect bites um and we didn't really expect that um so i mean i got myself some insect repellent that i can put on myself um 
but yeah it was it was the first couple of weeks were really bad for insect bites for us um but yeah that's generally why we still wear long sleeves and still keep our legs covered and things um we also say one pair of comfortable trousers one t-shirt light long sleeved one fleecy zip-up jacket just in case because as we know in england weather can change just like that um we could have a sudden temperature drop and it'd be pouring with rain for a you know an hour or so before going sunny again because that's what it's like in england uh one pair of socks wellies or sturdy closed toe shoes which don't mind getting a bit wet and muddy sun hat for sunny days spare trousers and socks and um plenty of sun cream um because when you do anything that's risky health and safety still has to be followed and there's some extra steps for for keeping everyone safe and making sure health and safety is followed it's just but is it worth it absolutely yes it is um one the school the nursery that i mentioned earlier puddle jumpers they have um a quote that's become quite well known and synonymous with them children are a hundred percent washable um and i love that quote um and i love i love that tagline because it's very true children are 100 percent washable um now there's some things that you indeed will want to keep clean and tidy um but there's systems that you can and there's things that you can do about that so you know we're not going to wear muddy waterproofs in um a bus or a car uh, in our school bus or in in the parents um you're gonna make sure that they're not wearing muddy boots waterproofs before they get in the car and things like that because um you know that's that's a big chore in itself to constantly be cleaning dirt from vehicles um and there's all sorts so there are there there are some things that obviously you're going to need to keep clean same with a lot of um as a music teacher and as a computing teacher and tech um specialist i have will have rules about okay you need to wash your hands before you play this guitar um because i'm not having the strings getting constantly covered in dirt um because that will affect the performance of the instrument musical instruments are often very delicate fragile things that if they get treated rough then they aren't going to be musical instruments anymore they'll need um they'll need serious cleaning and repairing there you can get instruments that can take a few hits you know you want that from a drum kit obviously because you're literally hitting it with sticks but there's also um there's also lots of you have to you have still have to look after it um because part of performing is also looking good as well um and so when i when i perform concerts even though i play in the london video game orchestra we still wear smart all black as our concert dress our instruments we still make sure they look good you know it's much more it's a much more of a uh much more of a niche orchestra it's much more of a uh, young uh, you know nerdy musicians playing video game music orchestra but that doesn't mean that we don't try to look the part when we perform and it's it's the same with technology as well you know I don't need to tell any educated person why um, electricity and water don't go together. And I've also had those thoughts and precautions when using the pia uh, my piano or my electric guitar, my digital piano or my electric guitar. I can't have them out in the uh, in the in the rain. I can't have them exposed um, if I'm going to play them 
and it's raining, I have to have them under a tarp and under shelter, and I have to make sure that it's not going to, they're not going to get dripped on. Um, and it's the same with computers and tech. Now, for lots of tech, especially touchscreen devices, you do have, um, you do have cases that are waterproof. There's lots of them around. Lots of them are very good. Um, but at the same time, it's not good to get them soaking. It is, it's, it's still not good to, you know, just have them out in the rain because that if you get water on a touch screen, it still affects the touch screen's performance. Um, actually, this reminds me of a story um, from from my school. So there was one time when uh, I can't remember what the activity was, but um, after we'd finished with our school iPads, um, we threw them. Well, sorry, threw them. Yeah, yeah, I threw an iPad. No, we uh, after we put them away, one was I don't know how I can't remember how, but one was left out in the rain, and yeah, it was soaking wet. So our um. Our cook and uh, cleaner, she um, put it in a uh, rice bag to dry it, and it was fine. I, I I don't think any water got into the main electronics, but I just I just love that. I just love that a bag of rice was um, was our solution for drying out a, a high tech touchscreen device. Um, so yeah, that's. Um, so yeah, the rain and weather does have limits in some ways. If you've got a fragile device, um, then it is tough to um, it is tough to have that out if it's raining or if it's re- if it's snowing really wet, really cold, or even if it's really sunny. Um, you can't have some devices out if they haven't got proper heat protection because if a device overheats, then it's going to break and potentially cause a fire as well. So there's there's all sorts of precautions, but if you spend time in an outdoor educational setting, these are things that you can learn, things that you can get used to. And now that I've had this experience for two years, I would find it incredibly difficult to go back to an indoor setting um, unless, I mean, I mean, okay, we're extremely unique in that sense. But I, I guess I should say I'd find it difficult to go back to a non-progressive setting that wouldn't make good use of its outdoors. Um, I'd at least have to have a good 50-50 balance of indoors and outdoors. Um, I couldn't. You know, it it would it would feel wrong knowing what I know now about how children learn, what we're lacking as a society in bringing up our children. It would feel wrong of me to then go and support and go back to a mainstream educational setting that doesn't well there there's all there's all sorts of reasons you know uh, to do with well-being and um mental health and um uh, an over the top focus on exams and testing and things if i if i were to go back to a mainstream setting it would have to be a very special place and i can think of a few that i would i would willingly work uh, that i would happily work for and i'm sure absolutely love it but Knowing what I know now and having had the experiences that I've had, it would be difficult for me to um, to go back to a way of working that um, it, it would definitely, I wouldn't want to, uh, yeah, a way of working that just doesn't feel right to me, that doesn't feel, that doesn't fit with my principles, my way of thinking. Right. Anyway, um, still doing. Uh, still gonna finish now. About an hour long. I'm gradually building up um, back to hour and a half long shows. I just um, don't. I don't feel like I would have enough to say or talk about for 
the whole Lara half rule yet, and I'm still recovering from autistic burnout. So I gradually building it back up. Um, so I'm going to finish the show there. Hopefully um, you learned something valuable from uh, my little rambling about the weather and children and, um, and things that I feel need to change. And if you are very much based indoors, get your children outdoors in all weathers. Um, it would be it would be very advisable to do so. It would be really beneficial for them. And thank you very much for listening and see you next time. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.